for men and the women who loved them, for dads raising daughters and the men they want them to attract, for the moms raising sons that need help making them into quality men. Welcome to our table. Greatest drummer of all time. John Barker. Travis Barker. Get out of here. Yeah. You're crazy. Not a bad pick. <laughs> not, not a bad choice. Well, you're a drummer too. Yeah. So you got some validation there. All right, everybody. We've got a full house, three mics. We're sharing a lot of things here today. We typically do share a lot of things, I would say. Um, I am here, Dave. Mm. And we have Cam. Hello. Who else do we have? Gavin. Gavin. There we go. <laughs> and, Brandon. and Brandon. Uh, the beautiful thing about the room today is we have a good mix of people to include Dr. J. Hello, hello. And the, the, the thing we're going to talk about today is relationships, understanding men and women, especially dating in today's world. Uh, the variety of the ages that we have today is something pretty awesome. Okay, so we're going to go back around the room again. My name is Dave, and I am 37 years old, once divorced. Okay, I'm um, in a fairly early relationship, 25. 25. Young, young man. I'm uh, Gavin, 25 and uh, single. 25 and single. Right. And Brandon, way older than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and single. And single. Dr. J, 39, <laughs> a suicide widow. 39. Happy birthday. Thanks. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Mm, yes, <laughs> birthdays. So out of everybody in the room, I've been uh, with Brandon the longest. We met in 2006 six in Iraq. Um, it was a good time. I was young. I think I was 21 at the time. I was, tw 20 I was 20. 21. I was 20. I turned 21 while we were to play together. And, and then after that. Birthday there. Ever since then, you've been a part of my life every day, pretty much through and through, I would say, right? The yeah. godparent to my kid. Um, you know this house through and through. You've been with me through every struggle that I've ever been in. We've talked a lot. We've had a lot of conversations. The beautiful part is a lot of these conversations I don't even remember, right? Because I was so messed up from the relationships, the breakups, those types of things. So what I want to do is uh, Cam brought his buddy Gavin, who we've never met before, but he's new to the speaker system here. Howdy. And I just want to throw you the hot potato okay. and let you run with it. Okay. Tell us your story. Uh, any starting point or just run particular? with it. Whatever feels good. Um, trying to think. Grew up in the same town, you know, my entire life pretty much. Never changed zip code. Uh, met Cam in middle school. I don't know if you remember his middle school gym class. Mm -hmm. You know when he had the the dyed mohawk and. You know, stuff like that. Can't out me like that, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> grew up, um, you know, grew up as a musician. Uh, you know, self-taught pretty much the entire time. I picked up drums, uh, switched over to bass just because I kind of got tired of it. Uh, and then from bass, you know, taught myself how to play guitar. Um, mostly just bar chords and stuff like that. You know, rhythm. Tried to do the solos. Didn't have the patience. That kind of thing. And yeah, man. All right. So more of a musician. Which is awesome because we have a room full of musicians. We're filming in the house right now. There's a room full of instruments here. Mm -hmm. Music has always been a very big, important part of us. Uh, Brandon's been trying to learn guitar for 10 years now. Still bad at it. <laughs> That's right. But even here and even at work, we've got guitars everywhere. And all of us play and sing. Cam sings very well, I would say. Mm. Sings me lullabies all the time. <laughs> uh, Cam, what's your take on Gavin? Yeah, so the reason I brought him... Gavin, and as you can see, he just talks about music. He's not going to divulge himself too much straight off the bat. But uh, You're in the perfect place then. Oh, yeah. And, oh, shit. Um, Gav is a, is a very unique individual. He's one of the ones that you guys taught me the value of this before I even knew what it was. That He's one of, the, one of my like, closest best friends, and it's for good reason. He's been there in my toughest times when I needed somebody to drop something and take care of me. He did that. He's always there. He's 
good at heart, um, all around just a good dude, and shares a lot of unique uh, views for somebody our age. I learn a lot from him. Um, yeah, just he's and it's super interesting how even his family, I mean his dad, his family structure, um, are really close. I'm very close with them as well, and uh, it's it's just it's awesome to see and it's awesome to have somebody like that I didn't realize what I had until talking about all this stuff and uh you know it's he's always been that but just realizing what it is you know the value of the community I think a lot of us get mixed up in the world where we think uh there's a quantity over quality Uh, social media is a very bad representation of it because if you have more followers that makes you what somebody that should be followed matter more yeah right it's 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 quantity you don't need a thousand people in your corner you need and this is something that i've learned at the shop uh you need four five or six bad sons of bitches and you could take over the whole galaxy that's what i've learned that's my place in life i used to think it was all about the num. it's not about the numbers it's about the people who are willing to go to hell with you and that's what this is. So I welcome you to the community, right? Thank you. It's a very beautiful thing. I'm kind of good at like tearing open things to make people come out. Like, let's really talk about it. Okay. <clears throat> so it's Sunday. It's beautiful outside. How warm is it outside, Schwa? I don't know. I don't know. About 72, 72. 72 degrees. Like the leaves are falling. It's beautiful outside. It's Sunday. Sunday is supposed to be for slow movements for Brandon's church. Supposed to be something very rewarding. So why are you spending your time in here with us instead of spending time with somebody else right now? Let's tear Um, it open. Really supporting what you guys are doing. You know, I think there's a lot of content out there kind of geared towards trying to enforce men to be men again. But I think they're going about it the wrong way. I don't think all of it is necessarily bad, but... I think when you preach to a demographic of people, especially a demographic of people that's hurting, especially nowadays, they'll take everything you say and they'll run with it. And I th- I just don't think it's putting people in the right mindset. I think it's leading them down a dark path that you know, just doesn't end well. Um, preaching the vulnerability of it, you, you know, I've always been about that. You know, n- never weakness. I don't consider vulnerability weakness. I think vulnerability in men is a good thing, you know, to be able to share your story and share your feelings and express your feelings, um, especially in a nation where, I mean, male suicide is absolutely skyrocketed. And, you know, that's just, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. It does. What do you know about male suicide? Have you ever, okay, just you personally. Okay. I mean, have you ever experienced it or... When I was younger, um, I don't remember it. I was probably, I couldn't have been like three or four. Uh, I remember my dad had a close friend that committed suicide. I, I believe it was after a relationship. I don't want to dive mm. too deep into it, mostly because I don't have a lot of the information. But uh, that was my first experience. And then, you know, talking about being a musician, I'm involved like with, you know, rock music and you know, metal music, things like that. And that preaches a lot about anti-suicide there's Mm. a lot of there's a lot of that content out there so that's really been my experience um never dealt with it too personal but yeah i I was so young i you know i really don't remember that much why do you think that male suicide has skyrocketed like i said before with vulnerability i think we're taking vulnerability in men as a weakness when it should be a strength you know and you you tell men that you know it's not okay to cry or it's not okay to express your feelings. Now, I do believe that you need to have a bit of stoicism. Um, You know, I wouldn't just break out in tears in a room full of people. But if it was, you know, situation like this or me and Cam at his house, you know, and I had something weighing on me, absolutely. And same with Cam, you know, I'd rather, I heard there was a UFC fighter, he said, I would rather my friend, he had just uh, lost his friend to suicide before winning a fight. And he said, I would rather my friend cry on my shoulder and show that vulnerability than go to his funeral. Mm -hmm. And it's 100% true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brandon, what's your take on uh, people crying out loud or in public? Well, similar to what Gavin's saying. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just, it reminded me of you mm. when uh, 
you thought if any water came out of your eyes, you were weak. True. And we sat out there at one of your lowest times, and I said, let that shit out, man. Yeah. And then, boom, the waterworks started flowing. And I think that was one of the high points of you starting to realize that uh, it's okay to show your emotion. Mm. And you started coming back a little bit more with, with showing the motion. Uh, I've, I've never been really that uh, concerned about showing mine. Mm. I mean, uh, and I just watched that Guardians of the Galaxy and mm. number three. and oh, uh, Nice plug. Yeah, uh, and it, it's and the the tears were like holy crap! I didn't expect this at all. Yeah. So uh, uh, you know, me, I'll let it go. No. Yeah. For me, uh, if I see others doing, and it's like okay, hey, we're getting somewhere, and I I think when you do see that in other people, that you're they're that comfortable with you, and they're putting their trust in you, to give them some advice or just to listen. Yeah. So, Gavin, I'm right there with you. Cam? I was throwing on this. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect example of why he's sitting next to me right now. Because, like, before, again, I had any idea of this, I was raised under the same ideology. Like, you know, stick it out, be tough. Especially don't let anybody see you um, Push cry it down. or show emotion. Yeah. And it, it's been times, one time in speci- specifically, where I... I'd called Gavin, you know, the first first dude that I thought to call when I was outside of my parents' house, just bawling, and I uh, I called him up and he dropped instantly. You know what? He, at first, it was funny. He thought I was laughing on the phone. I asked if he could drive me to Annapolis, and he was like, he's like, no nah, man, I got something going on, whatever. And I told him the situation, and it was like I heard the I heard the shoes hit the floor, and. It was one of those things where, like, I, before I even understood, I knew that I had somebody to trust, that mm. I could call and be in that space and they'd take care of me. So for myself, there was different phases when it came to, to let's put it, the word we're using, crying, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I was that, in my mind, alpha male who, who couldn't cry, just like you're talking about. Because to me, it showed weakness. Until eventually I did, and Brandon was there. It was right here on the front porch, you know, when the whole bottom was falling out of life. And I cried myself to sleep on the dining room floor, and Brandon sat there. And then I started getting more and more vulnerable with my crying to the point now where if I need to cry because I'm feeling something emotional, I'm going to cry out loud. I'll cry in public. I don't give two shits Mm -hmm. because I know that I'm going to follow it up with a storm that's going to have some resolution to it. Right. Uh, to me, the only thing that can shake me in my life right now is if I was to lose my son. Absolutely. That's the only thing that can shake me right now moving forward. There's obviously things that, you know, that will shake me, but what will rattle me to my absolute core is me losing my son. And even thinking now, I'll cry out loud, but I know I'm going to do something about it. And I think that that's something that the male has lost. We are afraid to cry because we don't know what to do after we cry as well. And mm-hmm. it may not be there consciously, but subconsciously. Right. To have a plan afterwards, to do something about it, get off your ass and do something about it. Right. And I don't know if a lot of us have been taught to do that because a lot of our fathers, um, they were never taught to get yourself up and do something about it. One of the most wholesome, I think, dad relationships, probably in this room, knowing a lot of you guys, is probably you, Brandon. You're a lot more old school, but your dad's a hell of a man. And can you, can you compare, like, I've told you stories about my dad and Schwa and all of us, we've talked about it, but from your dad's perspective, the way that you were raised with him. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I don't ever recall him at any time, you know, if I was crying that he would say, man, you know, toughen up or anything like that. Uh, I didn't see him cry. Uh, the first time I saw him cry, I was in fifth grade. And he had uh, come home from seeing his mom, who was at the hospital. And then I was kind of eavesdropping the conversation he was having with my mom. And uh, my mom said, "What did that? What was the prognosis?" And she said, uh, "Basically, she has cancer. It spread all over, and that, and just as he was going to say, and she's going to die. Just as he hit the D and die, that was, 
it smoothed out into like tears. And I said, whoa, my dad's crying. Mm. And uh, it was surprising. But I didn't even think, you know, I didn't think he was weak or less than or anything. For sure. I just saw it and thought, oh, you know, that's all right. Uh, growing up and when you're out playing with your friends and all of this, I think that's where it it first starts where you're weak if you cry. Mm. If you're playing and you get hurt, depending on the age, there's a certain age where you start and, and people are looking at you and saying, you know, you little baby, why are you crying? And it kind of goes on from there. Uh, but then as you get into, say, your later years in high school and stuff, then and you start having relationships uh, that are, you know, more, they're, they're stronger than mm-hmm. just the, the little kid hanging out with everybody. And then uh, there's a breakup or something, girl, boyfriend breakup, and then you see people, you know, sad women crying sometimes the boys crying guys you know at 16 17 years old because uh, at that time they think that's the most important relationship they'll ever have absolutely and, and when uh when you see that at there you know it it varies depending on who your friends are where they'll say hey it's all right man you know let you know cry or some will say man you're weak you know and you're crying but uh, back to my dad, uh, man, uh, this guy now, you know, and as uh, he has three kids, me and my two younger sisters, and then when they had grandkids, I think then he lost all concern over if he was going to cry in public or not. True. And uh, anytime seeing the grandkids uh, doing something, the tears would roll, and it was mostly tears of joy, you know, but... Uh, the sadness, uh, a few here and there, but mostly uh, tears of joy, and it's always great to see that. Well, in the grand scheme of things, as we go through time, and it's something that I've learned through the uh, the hells that I've been in, is there's so much shit that doesn't matter that I thought mattered before, right? So I started the, the writing account, let's say after a year, let's say one day I would write a post and I would lose a thousand followers, and it would hurt, and I was sad. And then, like, in the grand scheme of thing, looking back at it, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's so many things around us that don't matter, but we've been built into this way where we think all of this small crap matters. So, like, for me, when I say right now that nothing will really, like, bring me to my knees unless I lose gray, uh, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to really cry. Right? If somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'm not going to lose my shit anymore. If... And that's one of the reasons I stopped watching sports, because it doesn't matter. Like, the outcome of, you know, are the Capitals going to win the Stanley Cup, the winning... It doesn't matter anymore. If it's it, To me, it's, it's, it's just not worth my time. And that's just me. It's not like... I'm not speaking for everybody, but that's right. just my perspective on things. There's a lot of stuff in life that I thought mattered because it identified who I was. It doesn't matter. So it's like I just look at the things that really account for me in my life right now. The only currency that we have in life right now is time. So how are you spending that time? Right. right now, we're all spending time with each other uh, going over these conversation topic points. But like uh, you were talking about relationships earlier, Gavin. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, did you cry? And I mean, I've been there before too. When I had these relationships in the past that I got hurt from, I did cry. I cried in, in silence, but I did cry. Mm-hmm. I'm not a believer that... You know, whatever happened in the past, it's like, screw them, they're out of the picture, whatever. I learned something from, from those relationships. And I think all of us do. Every relationship comes in and out. But from your perspective, uh, the relationships that, from what we kind of had a conversation earlier about, mm-hmm. tell me your perspective on the past relationships that evolved you into the person you are now. Mm. Um, My personal experience. uh. I would say definitely moving too fast right off the bat. I think that was um, that was something I definitely had a problem with, especially growing up. Um, you know, I just like fell way too hard, way too quick. Didn't give it like no trial runs, nothing. Kind of feel the person now, get to know them, that kind of thing. It was like I hate to say it this way, but it was like, all right, cool, let's get married. It's been a week. You know what I mean? It, it was very. And now, as I've gotten older, I've learned that you know those relationships take time if you're really going to form something strong you know, something meaningful, you really got to get to know the person and 
you know, really click. But before it was not like that. It was off to the races. Mm. Do you think you felt their energy and it felt like they were in the same place as you or? Looking back, no. But at the same time, at that time, yeah, probably. No. Mm. How many relationships have you failed at? <sighs> Romantic, not bro boys. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good question. I'd definitely say a fair amount. Yeah. yeah. Well, would you state it as that he's failed or? Well, they've failed. Okay. But what I'm trying to do right now is like, here's my take on it. Whenever a relationship fails, it's not just, typically it's not just one person. Cobra and I talked about this in the, the last episode, but it's both people. Both people fail. Mm-hmm. It's never just one person. Be like, oh, even when it comes to like, we, we talked about cheating. Like, oh, you cheated on me. Like, you failed me. To an extent, it's like, well, what caused you to cheat on you? Because if you were, um, none of us are ever going to be 100% whole, but what did what did you bring to the table that that didn't allow them their trust to confide in you with the things that they were thinking, that type of stuff? Yeah. One thing that I've seen just as a bystander, and you can choose to dive into this or not, but uh, is, this is going to sound weird at first, but in a way having too much respect um, for the person, you know, whether you're getting into a relationship or anything like that. But uh, having too much respect and sacrificing yourself in the in the process, and that's something that I've seen from from the outside, and it's kind of caused some other things here and there and stuff like that. But it's like this noble thing, but in turn, like doesn't work as a combined thing. And it's one of these one of those. It's like um, I don't use the term, but the good guy, like being too much of the good guy. And it just doesn't work out, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and then I know that, you know, from the outside, like us, me, our friends, we're looking at we're like, dude, just like live for you for a second. Mm-hmm. You're like, I can't do that to, to <laughs> so-and-so or, you know, this situation. It yeah. makes sense and it's noble and it like, it's awesome. But at the same time, it's like, you got to take yourself off the guillotine sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So that point that you said right there between you and your friends, you guys are talking about it from your perspectives. We went over the ages earlier. Uh, we talked about, so this half of the table right now is pretty experienced. No offense to you guys. It's just life and age and time. No, yeah, for sure. What is dating in the life of you and your friends? Tell me that. Do you want to go first or? We can compare. Rela- I, I, I know where you're relationship to. I know where you're running. Hookup culture is a. All right, hookup culture. This is word. where we're going. We're diving right into it. I like it. Perfect word. Dating. It's two words, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you combine them. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a semicolon thing, you know. Um, <laughs> I think that's a King's dash. English here. <laughs> yeah, King's English. Uh, so it's it's very high speed and loose, if that makes sense. And if something comes from it, even my current relationship, it was the same thing. It was, you know, hookup culture, just in it to have fun. There's a lot less marriages. Um, there's a, like, people aren't getting married at 18, 20, 25 anymore. And I think it's a result of this is because it's like trying, especially men, like males, trying to get as many partners to have that number to, you know, claim to the boys and all this other stuff. And then on the girl side, um, I don't really know the the perk of it, but it revolves around this. How many people can I get in my bed in the span of a week? And then if something plays from it, then awesome. But typically it doesn't because of the style of, of what's happening. I was lucky enough where I, it was started in that form and then it just happened to click and we realized and, you know, did the work to follow through with it. But from the beginning, it's like this, toxic like i don't know how to explain it it's just it's it's loose some call it fun it's fun but you know how fun is still looking for a partner in your 30s Mm. well you guys are both 25 Mm -hmm. so you're not 30 yet but gavin you tell me your dating experience okay and if you want to use like hookup culture I think Cam's already coined the term, so you yeah. got to come up with something new. Maybe. Yeah, because you know, I, I stole it from him. That was his. He, no, yeah, I can still yeah. add to that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I would say, it's funny, I would say, it's fun while you're doing it. And then before and after is when it sucks. Because before, you know, you're alone. And then you hook up culture. 
like he said, you, you know, get somebody in your bed, like, cool, it was fun. And then afterwards, at least if you're like me, hookup culture is not for me. It is not my thing. I really am about the emotional connection with somebody. And I think that makes, you know, sex better or just love better in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a one night stand guy, you know, done it once or twice and regretted it. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much regretted the person, but just like, like I said, I'm a, I'm more about the connection than I am just the physical just the physical release. That's just you not... You had uh, guilt after? wouldn't say guilt. It was more of just like... Like when I said, you know, diving in way too fast with somebody, it was more of like, okay, now I miss this person a lot more than I thought I was going to. Now I think I want more of a connection in that aspect, which I don't think is a bad thing, but when that person doesn't want that connection back, and for them it was more of a one-time thing, then yeah, I would say that makes it rough. Since you felt used, or wouldn't say that I felt used because you know we both mutually got something yeah. out of it. But oh, did she, Gavin? I hope so. I mean, <laughs> first couple, no, not gonna say that. I, I'll leave it at hope so. Um, but uh, I think it's emptiness. Yeah, well, yeah. It's just what's em- the point. Hmm? This is where like kind of where you leave it. Well, it goes back to the initial point we were talking about: uh, quantity over quality. Keep on going though. I don't want. I don't want to take away oh, from no, you. You're good. Um, you asked about guilt. I definitely wouldn't say guilt um, because I've always come at it from a place of respect too. You know, I'm not looking to, uh, you know, add more names to the list. It's always been about respect. Um, it's another thing I had written down that I showed you earlier. If I was gonna, you know, dive onto a different road for a second, is I like he said with hookup culture. I think it's how many people can I get in my bed? How many pe- names can I put on that list? Um. I was going with that, but uh, you're talking about Gil. I, oh yeah, I've always come at it from a place of respect, respecting that person, and like you know, getting intimate with somebody. I feel that's you letting your guard down. You know, you're putting the gloves down, and you're allowing me to you know enter that space. Okay, um, and then so in a, a sense, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, is it? You think before a, knowing maybe it might be a one night stand, mm-hmm. but you think, man, this could turn into something, even though right. she may not think that right. you may have that in mind. Like, okay, this might be my chance at if we hook up the one time, it might lead to something else. Yeah. Um. I don't, so I don't think I went into it like that. I think it was after, and I think it was the self realization that okay, this like hookup culture is not for me. You know what I mean? Because I don't go into it thinking that. And then, you know, when it's all said and done, you're like, wow, I miss this person. Or like, wow, I wish I could call and text them and it wouldn't be weird. Not that it would be weird, but you know, it just wouldn't be what I was looking for. No? All right. So quality, quantity, uh, the number of people, that type of stuff. I think males nowadays are built in a world where we focus so much on numbers. How about this? Cam, I know you go to the gym quite a bit. How much can you squat? A lot. There you More go. than you. More than you. <laughs> but if you had a number. Yeah, four or five. Four or five. All right. How much can you bench press? 275. All right, cool. Brandon, Aaron Rodgers played how many games this season? Uh, three plays. Two or three plays. Three plays. Okay, so three plays. How many Super Bowls does he have under his belt? He's won one. He's won one. How many World Series has the LA Dodgers won in their entire existence? Uh, with just the, the LA Dodgers, it's five, I mm. think. All right. Uh, Gavin, what's your favorite band? Oh, a band uh, called Memphis Mayfire. All right, awesome. Yeah. How many albums do they have? Ooh, that's a hard one. I want to say seven. Okay, seven. seven. I'm. I grew up north of Memphis, mm-hmm. and I've never heard of Memphis Mayfire. So they good for you. They formed in Texas, and they oh. actually the way they formed Tejas. was they pulled names out of a hat and or words out of a hat, and you know lined up three, and that's just how it came out. That they they claim they're out of Memphis now because they've all moved there, but okay. they started in Texas. All right, so back to Cam one more time. Tell me the numbers of your Mustang GT five hundred. Eight hundred rear wheel horsepower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 373 rear. Yep. 5.8 engine, 2.3 liter supercharger. Boom. 
<laughs> so males are built for numbers. How many times does your girlfriend bite her lip in a day? Mm. Not trying to blast yeah. you. No, no, no. But Brandon, how many times does your mom, uh, how many hours of sleep does she need before she's up and she's making cookies on a Christmas morning? Oh, I don't know. Uh, how many times does your woman uh, say I love you in a day when she's looking for a response back? Overall, it's like males are built to understand numbers so well. And we do very well. But when have we stopped paying attention to her, if you will? Mm-hmm. And coming back to Gavin's point, when he's saying <clears throat> he doesn't have that emotional connection, you have the physical. Physical right. all day. And all of us are built with that primal side to ourselves, the spiritual side, the mental side. We have all of these capabilities. But now it's, you feel empty. Mm-hmm. Because you were just a dog. Yeah. It's called for what it is. 100%. You just hump something down in the middle of the night. And afterwards, there's no emotional, spiritual, uh, what do they call it? Sapiosexual? Sapiosexual. You may have gotten in the bed with her by intellect conversation or whatever, and she found something good. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you walk away empty. Right. And it's like right now your heart, you can see that you've got a, a big heart going into it. At what point did the female not feel the same thing that you were feeling? At what, what do you mean at one point? At what point? When she got up and she left and you never talked to her again. And you're saying, man, I wish there, there was a connection primally. Why couldn't there be a connection emotionally, spiritually? Right. Um. Well, definitely not immediately after, you know, because there was some form. There, obviously, there had to be some form of connection before some kind of relationship, whether that just be a friendship. So, you know, you spend that time hanging out. Um. Yeah, probably a couple hours later, next day. Okay, so the next day, was there a connection afterwards? On on a friendship basis, yeah. Okay. Um, but when I do feel like I was made for a relationship, you know what I mean? I do think that's a an area of life that I would really thrive in. Um, and when it goes from that physical connection to just back to being friends, it's it's it just, it weird. It's weird. It messes with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me rewind a little bit. Why are you here talking to us just by yourself right now and not have somebody sitting next to you? Because overall, it seems like you're a pretty good dude. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you just don't want to smash down the whole town? No. That, no, yeah. not not interested. Looking for something bigger? Yeah. So, like, so where is it failing, if you will? Finding someone on the same path that I am. Boom. I there we go. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm trying to get to right now. All right. This is a question. Now I'm going to, like, switch gears with everybody right now. Are we changing the way that we look at, uh, uh, or the way that females are in the world today? Are females changing? Males are obviously changing, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because we have to adapt to the world that's before us. Are females changing? What do you think? Brandon, you're the oldest in the room. When it well, comes to like dating and hookup culture and these things that these guys are talking about, is culture changing? Well... As far as females, males changing, everybody's changing all the time. As you go through life, you, you the common thing is, man, people never change. You can't teach a dog, uh, old dog new tricks, whatever. Uh, but you can. And I've seen enough where you, you think uh, in the job we do, you think, man, this is, this is going to be bad because they're not going to change. And then all of a sudden, you know, a year later, you see that the change and and how good it is uh, as far as the hookup culture and stuff i don't uh, know if that's changed at all i think it's probably always been there uh, right now it's just a little easier with the access you have to this phone and all the different apps that uh, people are using it's very fast yeah very fast uh, it, it might be a little less work now mm than it was as, you know, I my age and coming up uh, there. Cam, you had some? Yeah, I, I was going to take it a little bit on a different way. Um, to kind of throw a, a screwball in the room. Sure. Uh, I, I do think it's changing just because I think the, the males are changing because it's always been about the chase or like, you know, guys chase women. Women sit back and wait for a guy to talk to him at a bar. The guy asks for the number all this stuff, but now we're at a point where, um, 
realistically, a man doesn't have to leave his bedroom to please himself, you know, physically, whatever the apps and the AI and stuff we've talked about before. Um, what's the point of the chase at some point for a lot of guys? So I think men, specific men are changing because it's not a need anymore. You don't like need to reproduce. You don't need to, you know, find a physical person to take care of yourself, whatever your needs may be. And then I think on the flip side, women are still just kind of sitting back and waiting for that that calling, but it's a lot less people calling now, you know? Could be. Uh, wouldn't know. Jeanette, do you have something on that side of it, the woman's perspective? Um, I don't know. Obviously, women have a lot more of an uh, opportunity to look for men through apps as opposed to what Cam's saying. Like before, you would go somewhere and a guy would approach you women wouldn't necessarily approach men out in public, but I think women have the opportunity to be more picky now through the app and look at, you know, the photos, all of the things. And there's still the, the in-person connection, but, um, but I do think there has been a change in that sense where there is that man that was leading before to approach a woman. And now the woman has more availability or opportunity. Yeah. Well, and in this room, just the, the male perspective, as I know three of you and myself and Gavin, just to, and from what you've said, it's all the same uh, in a more or less of what everyone is kind of looking for. Uh, it, none of us, it doesn't seem, are interested in the hookup culture. It's looking for something deeper. And what would be the percentage of men that are of the same way, but going back to the masculinity part and uh, looking like, oh, I feel more like a man if I am able to get four or five of these women in a, in a week and just keep running through it. And maybe they're feeling empty, and maybe some are not, but uh, how many men are actually looking for a committed relationship? And from what Gavin said, it, it is a lot more meaningful when there is that connection, uh, the emotional connection, not just the physical. Yes, that's what everybody is striving for. But why isn't it happening? And that's the thing that I want to like just throw on this table right now. And I, it's, it's to all you guys. Why isn't it happening? Well, and part of it was what Gavin said when, you know, that's what he's looking for. But then it turns out that the female was not. So True. And this this is okay. This is where I start a fire right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, here's my take on all of this. And I've been in it. I've been through it. Why aren't people committing to each other in the way we want to? And here's my take. Here's why. We live in a fast food world society. You can get whatever you want whenever you want. So that one night that Gavin does feel like, oh, I haven't touched a woman in a while. What you're going to do is... You're going to go and you're, you're going to lay with this woman knowing that she may not be around tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. But either way, you're going to lay because you feel hungry. And damn it, I want a number two off the fast food menu tonight. So you order off that fast food menu. Whereas instead, it's like, I'm interested in you. I'm going to continue to work on this thing for you, but I don't want this to come off the wrong way. And I don't think you guys are going to take it, but I'm going to be a gentleman and... I'm not going to lay with you tonight. I'll have a conversation with you, mm -hmm. but I'm not trying to get my dick wet. My dick is something of great magic, and I am not going to download any of your energy. Now, we can continue to have conversations, and I will invest in you to see if we can get to that, to that place. But it's not all about sex. I'm not a dog. I've treated myself like a dog for two... I'm not a dog. I'm going to put it up on the... We used to tell uh, the girls at the shop... Put your ass on the shelf. Don't let him like hit after the first week of dating. Don't let him do that. And now they're in relationships. They put it on the shelf. This isn't going to be very easy for you to get to. And the male should be able to hold himself in that type of reg in that regard as Absolutely. well. Now there are some guys. I'll just throw Fred out there. I love him to death. I bring him up in every podcast episode. But Fred's like, hey man, if you're hungry and I'm hungry, let's eat. And that's, that's just, he's just calling it for what it is. You want anything committed, I'll court you and I'll do these things. But overall, he's looking for like, he's looking for that queen. Mm -hmm. But also he's like, I'm hungry. 
and he wants to eat. Guys want to eat. And to the females out there, it's like, stop letting him eat. And to the guys out there, stop letting her eat. You have to stop this at some point. All of us have to be a leader today, now, to stop this stuff. Like the one night stand, everybody's doing it, so it's okay. No, call it, like, stop it. Well, what happens when the the guy who's, you know, emotionally available and vulnerable, vulnerable and all these other things gets eaten up time and time again? And at some point, I think what happens a lot of times, they're just like, fuck it. I'm going to hop on the train, go take care of myself physically and see what happens. Then to me, you're just aiding into that problem that's happening in society and our culture overall. Instead of going out that night, mind you, like this place that you guys are sitting in, to me, this is hallowed ground. I locked myself in here for an entire, like the entire last winter. I mean, Cam, you came over here a couple of times. All I did was light a fire and I did so much self-reflection on myself and I did so much work and I did so much journaling. This is all I did. Nobody's going to get it for free. It's not, it's not cheap. My energy, my time, and that's all we have. I've been over this a million times. Time is our only currency. That's all we have right now. So it's like I'm going to hold myself in this highest regard right now. The only person who's going to achieve the status inside of this house is going to be of nothing short of divine queen quality. That's it. That is it. Do the work on yourself. Hold yourself accountable. Do the work. Say like, well, I don't know what work to do. Bullshit. The, the internet's full of like work, all of this stuff, right? It's Sunday and we're spending time with each other. We all have the energy to do it. We have the cue cards. We have, the, the, there's, there's a library on every corner. I went to the library and just rented books and I just read to learn about myself. Do the work on yourself. I think the library gives them out for free. You don't have to pay a rental fee. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. I think they got you there. But it's holding yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable. That's everybody. Hold yourself accountable. Why are you in this place? What are you doing here? Um, I, and I, I was blessed enough to have a child who I would ask the same questions to myself that I would ask him. If he was to say like, Dad, why do I feel empty right now? This is why. And I was having the conversations with myself. Then not a lot of people have that. Not a lot of us have the guidance of fathers who have been able to go through hell and to to cry out loud publicly, but to have those honest conversations. Have the honest conversation. Throw it on the table. You guys are only 25 once. This is the last Sunday. What is today's date? 29 October? 29. This is the last 29 October 2023 I'm ever going to have in my life. It's going away. Time, right now. So it's like, call the shit for what it is. Like, why isn't... Like, Cam, I know your situation. You know, uh, future wifey materials up there in Delaware doing her thing. Gavin, why don't you have somebody mm-hmm. next to you? Like I said before, I mean, it's finding somebody on that same path, somebody who wants to build that, somebody who wants to build that relationship and that connection and that trust. Do you think that you've done enough work within yourself? I think I've done good work, but I still have more to do. You have more to do. Awesome. And that's, that's the beautiful thing of it is you know that you're not perfect, you have room to grow. We've mm-hmm. talked about this earlier. Like as males, we've thought that we're we're done growing. Like I've got the I'm I assume you've got a job. Mm-hmm. You've got running water in a mm-hmm. house, you know, you've got a car, you're paying for your gas. And it's like, okay, so now that's where I thought I was. I was winning all these accolades at work. I had a house. I had, you know, this dick builds kids. It, I had everything. I had everything that the world told me that I needed, but it was so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. You know, those things, those just, those just stupid little facade things. If you were to meet, let me ask you this. Here's the question. If you were to meet that woman at the bar and you could like, holy shit, she's got the energy. Mm-hmm. She's got the vibe. She's got everything going for me. Could you meet her? Could you meet her in her space? Instead of us thinking like, what can, can somebody else meet me where I'm at? Mm-hmm. What if you like stumbled over your feet and like, holy shit, there she is. Could you meet her? That's yeah. my question. I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's <clears throat> like, we're talking about doing the work. It's the key to everything. It's what I watched you do. It's what inspired me to do to myself. Even when I thought I didn't have anything to work on, there's always stuff. I'm still, everybody's still always working. That's what I've seen with Gavin in the last I don't know, was it five, six months? It was like a light a light switch flipped. And instantly we had a like two hour long conversation through midnight about this with um he just he started 
taking care of himself physically, spiritually diving into that, mentally learning about himself and just building. And it's just like watching a, it's watching a person grow or like his graph just turn into a skyrocket. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things like we have, we have friends, I know tons of people who are just stagnant. They're on this like level graph and like, why do I not get the things I want in life? It's like, you're not bettering yourself. Correct. You're not doing the work. Yeah. And that comes down to everything, whether it's work, money, um, relationships, everything. And that's one thing that we've been aware about, but it's been amazing to see, like, it just clicked for this dude and then watching him explode and like stuff just starts falling in your lap. That's how, when I, when I first started coming around everything, um, you know, got into the shop and all that stuff, it, it seemed like life was just happening for me and it, uh, Everything, you know, the job, the girlfriend, the house, the car, everything was just being placed in my lap. It's not like I was even working for it. It was just happening. And it's a result of, you know, putting that work in and bettering yourself. And then it, it's, it is a result of your work, but it feels like it's just, it's just sitting there for the taking. It is. So, I mean, overall, right now, Gavin, you're very blessed because Cam... Is pretty much building up your dating profile right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's hey, a good everybody. one, man. This is a good dude. If you guys need to, you can reach him at this handle. <laughs> oh, do you want my handle? <laughs> at Gavin Yurko. <laughs> pretty simple, right? No, when we talk about doing the work, we're all talking about this from the male perspective. Somebody, uh, it's one of the reasons that I was uh, so like drawn to uh, Jay the work that you've done, you know, when it, when it comes to like healing and, and I ask these guys, like, have you done the work? Have you done the work? What does it mean to you? Doing the work means to be extremely honest with yourself and to look at every facet. (coughs) Sorry. So that you can uh, take responsibility for not like what's happened to you per se, But maybe like, what were my beliefs? What were my thoughts that got me into these situations? Mm -hmm. So like truly understanding yourself um, and then doing the work to get to where you want to be. So I think a lot of it's around beliefs. So I don't know if you have this perspective, but if you're like, you know what? There's no good woman out there. They're just hard to find. You don't have that thought. I definitely don't because I come from a family of great women. You know, um, from my grandmother down to my baby cousin. I mean, just amazing women. So, no, I would never, ever for a second. I don't believe that. It's the same as there's no good men. Well, we've got, what, five in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not true. Yeah, and that's a huge, I think, assumption our society makes. But Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the belief of scarcity where... Males are like, you know what? These women aren't out there. The females are like, these good guys aren't out there. But mm-hmm. it's your belief. So what you what you believe is what you end up seeing. Absolutely. And if you're doing the work yourself and you're like, you know what? There's got to be these other people. I believe these guys or girls are out there. They are. Or women, I should say. Um, so what is like, what are you seeing in today's culture in your you know age range where it's the women aren't there? Or um, is it like the hookup culture everyone's stuck in that right now I, I do think a lot of people are stuck in that um yeah I definitely don't want to say they aren't there uh and so we were talking earlier we brought up the you know the red pill extremism versus you know, feminist extremism and I think this kind of ties in the red pill extreme now both sides have certain valid arguments but those small valid arguments are encapsulated by wrong, just completely wrong statements. You did the red pill where it's like, all women are horrible. <laughs> Not true at all. Now, are they re-encouraging stoicism in men and men to be men again? Absolutely, that's good. But, and I won't name certain shows, but when you invite these women onto your shows and then you just bash them the entire time and you're preaching to a, like I said, a demographic of hurt men that there are no good women out there and just focus on yourself, they take that and they run with it and when you deal with men who aren't stoic and can't control their emotions, it just, it gets wrong. And then you take extreme feminism, where feminism is a good thing. You know, women working for themselves, providing for themselves, 
you know, 100%. But when you go, there's no good men, you know, that's just not true. You know, a man needs a good woman and a woman needs a good man at the end of the day. A good woman needs a good man and a good man needs a good woman. And that's my yeah. belief. Do you think when... All right, so let's let's spread the love here. <clears throat> let's go old school and then we'll go new school. So we'll start old school. Brandon, you're old school. When it comes to feminism, I don't think anybody in here looks at feminism like in a bad way. But feminism, when a woman goes out to do things on her own, uh, just like think of think think of like me in the last couple of years, single parent, where I had to fill both roles, the mom and the dad. Does it allow me to be the best overall dad? Because obviously I'm man, masculine. When I have to become more of a feminine in those times to provide for those things for him, does it take away from uh, the 100% man that I can be for him? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I would say it does. Uh, it's, it's probably making you an overall better person. Sense, but uh, it is taking away from some of the and there's a partnership, you know, and mm. you have all the numbers uh, how a child is impacted when he doesn't have the father, right? Oh, and, no, for sure. Well, the data is yeah. out there, and we'll get that another time, but yeah, yeah. and uh, boy, uh, you know, uh, for me, man, I, you know, looking back, and I've been blessed to have. Two parents that have been married uh, 50 years now. And uh, even at this age now, I need, if I need my mom for a certain thing, I call her. If I need my dad for a certain thing, I call him. Right. It, it varies. Uh, so you, you're kind of filling the hole for both of that. And you don't have the maternal instincts that uh, no, and I agree a with mother you. has. And from Cam's side of things, uh, Cam, you were brought up mom and dad, so you had a whole home, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me your perspective on it when it comes to having, let's say, 100% balance between a man and his role and then a woman. And I mean, I don't mean roles in a bad way. I don't think we're going to take it that way. Mm -hmm. But I mean people in their perspectives. Yeah. Um, I, I see kind of what, what you guys are saying, but in my like in my life growing up, it was always easier to go to my mom for emotional stuff or whatever. Um, you know, it was always easier to go to my dad if I needed something fixed, whatever. But that didn't mean that the other person couldn't do it. It's weird because in, I would say 90% of my like emotional troubles or broke up with a girlfriend or whatever, I would just, I would talk to my mom and it was like a comfort, but nothing against her like nothing of quality really came out of it i didn't get a fix from it or a or a word of advice it was just like here i'll make you feel better and out of that 10% that my dad did those were the most important things ever the times that i struggled the hardest or uh, took a breakup the worst like that's when i went to him and it was he offered like the best thing so both roles withheld you know every sense of yeah. Um, what was there in different ways. Yeah, balance. Yeah. Overall balance, Yeah. right? And I look at it from my perspective. Uh, up until the age I was 9 or 10, I was raised by a single mom. She had three jobs. And it's not, if it wasn't out of feminism, it was because my biological father was just a sperm donor and trash. He just walked out of the picture. And my mom had to fend for her two boys. And... She couldn't be there emotionally a lot of times. And a lot of it isn't her fault. She did the best that she could. But I was missing things in a lot of parts of my life. And then when she got married again and I was adopted by you know, my father, I was 11 or 12. And at the time, I was so hungry for that male, that male connection. But also, I was fighting as this... Uh, I was the head of the household at the age of 9 or 10 because there were so many things that was missing out. And I was trying to raise my brother as well that I fought this guy that came in to try to, you know, to give us something good. So the balance was off the whole time in my childhood, if you will. And I know that, Jay, I mean, you were raised single mom, right? Yeah, single mom. My dad was in the picture for a little bit, like in and out. Um, but my mom was 
actually abusive. So like domestic, but he experienced domestic violence and eventually was like, I'm going to peace out. So he took off around the time I was 12. And I think for me growing up in that environment as a woman and how this ties into feminism is you kind of think like, okay, I have to do all this stuff on my own. And you don't see the male necessarily as strong as they should be. Not because like anything to do with the domestic violence, but it's like, okay, that person had to leave. I have to do this stuff all on my own. Um, And I think for me anyway, that's kind of, it was more fear-based instead of um, society. It was like I had to run all this stuff on my own. Whereas I think in a society right now, um, the female, and this is, Gavin, This I'm going to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. we're coming to the end of the show. I'm going to lay all my cards on the table. All right. This, this is the tactic I was playing with. What I was trying to uh, to get to, and this is something that I've uncovered. Uh, Jay and I, we've had a lot of talks, a lot of nights, a lot of cigars, good nights, good conversation. But a lot of it is the modern day male has failed. Now I'm going to look at everybody and see, get their temperature check and everything. But the modern day male has failed. It, fa- it started failing in the 70s and the 80s where a woman felt like she had to just do things on her own because she wasn't getting to what she believed that she was capable of. And also not only her, but what her kingdom was capable of. Uh, what she was, man, what she was built for. I think a woman is built to to really push the limits, to make you stay curious and to really challenge the things around you. And the male has lost sense of it. And we're kind of lost right now. That's why the suicide numbers are up. And that's why males run a majority of the suicide numbers. Mm-hmm. We're lost. Because not only have we lost our way on what we're supposed to be doing here, but also on how to get there. And now it's the the one side of things that truly motivates the man, which is the woman, is he feels like she's against him as well. So they take things in their own hands. And when we were referring to like online dating and casual hookup culture, uh, the female's like, well, if you're just going to go out there and just have fun real quick, I'm just going to go out there and have fun real quick as well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying like the male needs to uh, put his libido up on the shelf and don't allow anybody to uh, to access it. Same thing with the female. Everybody needs to hold themselves to a, to a higher standard. That's where I think dating is right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just hooking up and it's just fun. And you can have fun, but you're not a child anymore. And I know, like, even people at 20, I mean, I mean, hell, I'll, I'll call myself out. I was 31, 32, going through a divorce, and I was stupid, and I was a child as well. I was a child until I started to hold myself accountable. Easy hookup culture because I wanted the number two with cheese off the fast food menu because I thought it made me feel good. Where, in fact, it didn't mean shit. It just made me feel much emptier. So I started doing the work. <clears throat> So that's my two cents on a lot of that. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you talk about doing the work, really what it boils down to is if you, I think you attract what you are, like you said, you attract what you believe. So I can only speak from a man's perspective. If you want a good woman, you need to go be a good man. You need to be capable. You need to be stoic. You know, you need to take care of yourself, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, you know, you need to be that rock and then you will attract that. Now, there is no there is no finish line with that. Like you said earlier, you're always getting better mm-hmm. every day. And if you're not, you're doing something wrong. If We're not always better the next day, but if you're not striving to be better than you were yesterday, then you're doing something wrong. True. Well, those things that you're talking about, to, in order to be a better person, or from us right now, we're talking male to male, in order to be a better male, you need to have your values. And those are the things that you ride and die for in life. These are my values. And so for me, it's like one of my values is unless you have the the best energy in the world, you cannot touch me sexually. That was my value. That's what I would live and die for. And moving forward, that's what I live and die for. Mm -hmm. Nobody else can access this energy unless you are the cream of the crop, if you will. You know your energy queen. Um, That's what I would live for. The thing is, I think sometimes guys, they do take those breaks. But if it's one of your values, you're not going to take that break. Your values equal your mission. Your mission is to hopefully lead a better life. And that's what I'm hearing from you, a better, stronger life. Mm-hmm. And your mission is upheld by your, your values. So if you like 
you establish that and you say nobody else is allowed and I'm not going to go out there and I'm not going to look up for hookup. You could kill hookup culture in your entire house. Right. Just like that, right? Because it's one of your values. Gavin, earlier you said uh, when we were opening that men are trying to be men again. Mm-hmm. Or you said something to that effect. Right. But they're approaching it the wrong way. Yeah. So, like, what is your take on that? Because I think there's a lot of things that are misunderstood about masculinity. So I think a lot of the things that are misunderstood about masculinity is I can never believe you. I, I don't believe that you can have too much masculinity when it's good masculinity. Um, bad masculinity is the hateful, you know, all women are this or there's no good women. That's bad. You know, like, like you said, hookup culture. Number two off the menu. That's bad mas- masculinity. Good masculinity is sticking up for your woman providing for her and your family you know that stoicism being that protector telling the truth being faithful that's a lot of things um i see a lot i'm glad you brought this up because it just popped back into my head with this whole masculine train that's going with these podcasts right now and these shows as i brought up earlier they say oh it's different when women cheat versus when men cheat no it's not it's still wrong you know what I mean? And they're like, well, in older civilizations and since the dawn of time, men have always had multiple wives and the woman stays true to one man. It doesn't make it okay. You know, I, I completely disagree with that in every aspect. If I'm not if I'm not committed to you, you know what I mean? You're the only one I'm coming home to that night or you're the only one that gets my energy or has my attention. What does that mean to you? Why would you be good to me? And it's vice versa. So that's the difference between... At least in my mind, bad masculinity versus good masculinity. It's I'll have multiple wives and you just have me. If you have anybody else, I'm gone because I protect and I provide. So you'll listen to me and do it. You know, I tell you to. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Good is I'm here to provide for you and protect you and whatever we build. And you're the only one that I'm doing it for in that aspect. Well, obviously for your children too when they come into the picture. But this is us, both of us doing our part to build something great. And that's what I think good masculinity is. That's where I think it's important. Got it. Yeah, I know just thinking from like the female's perspective and when it's like trying to differentiate, right? A, mm-hmm. a man who's of your guys' caliber versus how, like, how do you tell that? And I think the core is values. If, if you were to make a list, I think the things that come off my head, I'll give like five. I think, you know, physically capable, emotionally available, honest, uh, faithful. You know, I think that's good masculinity. That's what a good man does. Well, and and in my sense, that's what a man does. The whole, like, good masculinity and toxic and bad... There is no toxic and bad masculinity. Mm -hmm. You're either a man or you're not. 100%. And I've worked my ass off to the point where I'll call you out for it. And and sit here and I will say that out loud. For the longest time, I did say, you know, that's a good man, that's a bad... They're not men. You could be an adult male. You could be 65 years old. I've said it like a million times. You could be 65 years old with a mortgage and 10 kids and pay your taxes and you have a boat. Oh my goodness, you're so successful. That doesn't make you a man. Not at all. Until you have the values that I think contributes to the betterment of the future generation, that's what makes you a man. End of discussion. If you need to, we can bump chest about it. And I got a whole army behind me that's willing to do that. And then if if you can't be... You can't be a man. You can't complain True. that there's no good women because Absolutely. why would they want to be with you? They you do. Know, if you're not going to be a good man and you're not going to have that masculine role, mm-hmm. you know, why would they care? True. And I, I can't say I blame women for that at all. You know, we you can argue that there's no good women, but where are the good men? Absolutely. I mean, you got to be a good man to get a good... I've said that four million times, but it's because it's true. Yeah. A lot of people look at you like you're an outcast too. I've gotten the same look. A lot of my writing profile, um, so for about a year, I went from the the breakup, the divorce, the breakup, and I spoke in a journal from this hurt male side of it. And I got really transparent. And then that was about six or eight months, and then I dove into the feminine side of myself. We actually had a conversation about this the other night. Uh, the male is built with the X and Y gene. So you do have male and female genetics within you every one of us here we may think like i'm a guy and you are a guy but you have x and y genes so you have a feminine gene inside of you mm-hmm. you have the female gene 
And I dove into that female side to try to understand things. And holy shit, I saw how inadequate I was as a human being when it came to providing for uh, the woman. And that's where I did a lot of my learning. But yeah, I agree with you. Where are the... Uh, a lot of people say like, where are all the good women at? They're all hoes. Where are you at, bro? Exactly. 100%. Like, could you honestly, if I had a daughter right now, do you think that I would allow you to date my, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That type of deal. Would you be the type of person that I would want to marry my sister? I think that's where Brandon gets a lot of, you know, his balance of perspective. Um, it's pretty awesome. Cam actually brought something up. We were watching football one night and it kind of freaked me out because we were talking about, you'll remember this, keep smacking the mic. Um, when a woman gives birth, something in her brain switches and then sometimes she's not as attracted to her husband as she used to be. I actually brought that up to my dad and he's like, the study's actually true, but the reasoning behind it is actually not what people think. Women don't just go, oh, okay, I'm just not attracted to him anymore and he leaves. You can be attracted to somebody. I don't know why you would be, but you know, if you're, I'll speak from a woman's perspective, if your boyfriend is a fat slob playing video games all day, eating Cheetos, I mean, yeah, I guess you could be attracted to him for a little bit, but say you have a baby. A, a woman has, one of the best things about a woman is, uh, somebody brought it up earlier, is how compassionate and caring they are. And when she has a baby, she instantly goes into mama bear mode. So that guy that she saw sitting on the couch is no longer attracted to her because she needs to provide for her kid. She needs a leader. Exactly. She needs a leader. And I, I heard that and I was like, that makes so much more sense. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like I said, mama bear mode kicks on yep. and all of a sudden the guy on the couch playing video games ain't attractive anymore because he ain't paying for the diapers or, you know, the food. True. You can like, you can start dating and you can get married, but you're still children. You could be. Right. At 18, right? You could still be children. But as soon as you have a child, it's like, I need somebody to actually lead and provide. Mm-hmm. And that changes the whole outlook on everything. Mark my words, I've been there. This has been awesome. Cam, I appreciate you. Gavin, thank you for coming out. Thank you. Brandon. Thank you. Dr. J. Yep, good to be on. In Schwa. Yep, Schwa back there making things happen. All right, everybody, we appreciate everything, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Have an awesome Sunday.